Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and welcome to my vlog, where it is both my mission and my pleasure to highlight my creative journey in hopes of giving you specific takeaway, uh, giving you inspiration, all that way so your journey can be at least a little bit easier. Now, before I fully dive into things, I would like to take the opportunity to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already, that we get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you just did, and thank you if you already were. It truly does mean a lot to me, as I hope it does to you. So, one of the things I really kind of want to talk about is this idea that there really aren't any shortcuts in life, okay? You know, I'll, I'll take it from the filmmaker perspective. Even as a filmmaker now, um, you know, there's knowledge that I have that make the process easier, but, but doesn't mean there's no work involved, right? Like there's still, you, you, you just have to put in that actual effort, right? Same thing with writing. You can be a, a great writer, but it still takes time and effort. And, you know, still there's that frustration when you first kind of get onto the page of like, ah, oh, it's not coming out the way that I want it to, right? I mean, Every artist feels this and, you know, uh, the 100th book is just as hard sometimes as the first book. Again, you have more tools to be able to break through those moments. Um, but overall, it's still a process. And I think that's what people forget, you know, um, because I, I, there's, there's people I talk with so much that have this inkling of an idea and they're looking for that shortcut. And, you know, even learning the shortcut in and of itself is work, right? So there really is no shortcut. So, you know, I was talking like this, this latest movie that I'm working on, you know, it's gonna be a bit of a grind because unlike other stories that I've told, um, this one is a fantasy story. So you gotta make up a, a whole world um, it's far more ambitious than anything that I've ever done. And so the scope of it, you know, is large. And so everything has to be ironed out and it takes time. I mean, when you really think about it, the Lord of the Rings was the culmination of essentially Tolkien's entire life. And I'm kind of trying to do the same, right? Like, you know, whether or not I succeed, we'll, we'll find out, but that, that is the goal, Right. The question is, how do I do that and not have it take up a lifetime? Well, luckily, I can stand on the shoulders of giants, those who have come before me, and utilize, you know, that knowledge that they gained in 10 years. I can learn in 10 minutes, let's say, and, and be able to apply it. So I can make the process easier, right? And faster, perhaps, right? But it's, you know, I wouldn't consider that a shortcut because still it requires that effort and that work that I'm speaking to that I think people try to circumvent, which is just not possible, right? And, you know, but the, but the interesting part is, I think somehow, I think it's twofold. Number one, we look to others' stories as, in, as a source of inspiration, and that's great. But oftentimes, you know, what, the, like, let's say, like a struggle, we romanticize it, right? You know, I'll just keep in the theme with Lord of the Rings. I love the extended edition Lord of the Rings, uh, specifically the behind the scenes making up, right? 
And I love watching those things. And, you know, particularly the third one, when they talk about like trying to meet the deadline with the editing, the sound design, the VFX, like it was just a race to the finish. Like, can they finish on time? And, you know, watching it, yeah, it's quite the story. And it's a, you know, it's a fascinating story to watch, but it's with the benefit of hindsight because they did finish on time, number one. Number two, you know, the movie did turn out well, right? So you have that added benefit of like, okay, yeah, it actually paid off for them. But, you know, the agony that, that each of them felt on a day-to-day basis for those months leading up to that deadline of having to have the movie finished for its premiere and for audiences. You know, I've gotten a taste of that in my own life. And it's not an enviable position. But you have to go through it if that's the end product that you want, right? So I think there's that aspect. We, We... romanticize like the hustle and the struggle when (laughs) no make no mistake it's arduous and not enviable so there's that aspect Uh, number two you know i think as we gain knowledge about all these things and, and if we don't practice it we have this glorified way of how things should be right you know um and i think there in direct relation to each other, right? So, you know, Stephen King writes 2,000 words a day and yada, 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 and look at all the books that he's churning out. Um, And just even the way he goes about it, right? Like, you know, uh, you could talk about it like, this is how he does it. And it's like, okay, well, that's the way, right? When the truth of the matter is, there's no one particular right way, right? I think, you know, the problem is we learn too often things from theory. And and it's great if we can actually apply that and it's a benefit. But I've definitely been called unconventional um, in filmmaking and just life in general. And I I kind of now resonate with that. And I just accept that as like, you know what? I'm not interested in conventionality. I'm I'm interested in what gets it done, right? And so, you know, In filmmaking, you want to record good sound when you film the movie, right? Because good sound is important for the final product of the movie. You don't want it to sound bad because bad sound gives it away and makes it feel like a crappy movie. Okay. And there's ways to do that and to do it well and, you know, so forth. But inevitably, you're going to get bad sound at times no matter what you do. And you're gonna have to use a technique called ADR, which is basically re-recording lines of dialogue cleanly in a, a, a studio, right, with the actors. And, you know, from my experience, ADR, um, from an actor's perspective, or just like anyone in, in kind of the filmmaking world that's you know more of a novice, they look at ADR as negative, like, oh, you, Wait, you you have to ADR your scene? I'm like, yeah, of course. And as if like you failed. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, well, it got it got accomplished of what I needed to in the moment. And yes, if I could get better sound in, in the moment, then yes, it would have been great, you know. Um, but certainly with the budgets that I have, um, 
you know, there's definitely limitations. But also, again, it's a glorified view of it. And I was watching The Lord of the Rings, um, the first uh, Fellowship of the Ring, those extended editions behind the scenes making of, and they were talking about how 98% of Lord of the Rings is 80 yard, which means 98% of the dialogue was replaced and had to be re-recorded in a sound studio with the actors again. And they were the first to admit that that number is very high for movie, you know, but every movie does use ADR and stuff like that. And when, when I heard that 98%, I was just blown away. And I was like, see, I don't want anyone to tell me nothing, right? Because again, when I look at that movie, those three movies, you know, they are considered quite a masterpiece. And, you know, I'd never noticed that they were ADR and so forth. Like I, I knew there was ADR just in principle, but like to know that 98% of the movie isn't what the dialogue that was actually recorded on the actual sets, that that's just incredible to me. And so it goes to show that it's all doable. And the only rule is having an eye for getting it done. What gets it done? <laughs> and so if we're recording 98% of the dialogue, if that's what it takes, and it, you know, and you're willing to put in that effort to make it work, then yeah, that's what it takes. But you know, it, it, it felt kind of like an odd vindication of seeing that because, yeah, in the in the in the indie film world, film world, I'm not gonna lie, like you know, ADR gets looked down upon again as as like this failure of epic proportion. It's like it's all just part of the process. What are you talking about? You're insane to think of like you know. Of course, there's gonna be something, and you know. Um, yeah, it would be great to have perfect sound on set, but it's not, that's, that's an ideal that's, that's not doable, you know, or at least damn near impossible. So you work with what you got. And as part of that, you know, this kind of ties into it, you know, um, one of the things that always works for me in making my movies is because I know whatever sort of shortcomings there are in the moment, I, I have the knowledge to be able to chip away at it and and fix those things, right? You know, often like in in the film world, we talk about oh, we'll fix it in post, and you know, oftentimes we joke about that because it's stuff that could be fixed in the moment. For you know, like take an extra thirty seconds that would save like four months worth of work later, um, but you know, sometimes you know, like. I could be guilty of it too, of like that idea of like someone, oh, well, Phil's, Phil's just taking this shortcoming and he'll have to fix and post, whatever. But number one, I know I can see the path forward in that way. And I also know like, if anything, I'm the one that will have to deal with it quite literally, you know, I'm my own um, editor, um, you know, and I, I do a majority of the work um, that I can. And, you know, yes, the stuff like VFX work or sound design stuff that I can't do, I hire out, of course. But at least I, even in that same way, conceptually know of like what the issues are and can dictate a path forward of how to fix it. And, and also I'm, I'm realistic of what is possible and what isn't, right? So I'm not expecting like, well, what the hell? Um, why can't you do this? And it's like, well, because... On set, you know, I, I I didn't, 
you know, I, I knew that I uh, took a shortcoming and so therefore we have to go about it in a different way, right? All that to say is I have that ability in that way to move forward, but um, still in many ways it's t- it's this idea that I want to talk about of having of taking a leap of faith and part of how you do that is doing the work, right? Um, you know, this this last week really was kind of a week of having my faith rewarded. When I talk about me being unconventional, and as I said, I don't, it's, it's most evident in my filmmaking to my friends and stuff like that and just the way I approach art, but also just life in general. And, you know, there, there was this one aspect last week where I was getting advice from everyone. They're like, you, you know, X, Y, and Z. And, and to me, it's just none of those, none of that advice really resonated. And so I was coming up with my own solutions and they were like, I don't think that's going to work because the problem was conventional wisdom dictated that it wouldn't. And I was like, well, it might not, but it resonates with me. And I think it, it to me, it's the unknown solution that you guys aren't saying. And I'm not doing it just to be, you know, just just for the sake of doing something different. It actually does resonate with me. And so, you know, I, I put it into action and move forward with that with the knowledge that it didn't have to pay off, right? And there was a there was a point at which, you know, in, in particular, you know, I wrote this thing and I sent it off to a person and I knew that it could be taken, um, like, it, like if anything, <laughs> the, like if I was a betting person, it, chances were it was going to be taken very negatively and it could have blown up in my face and so forth. But you know, it came from a good place and, and, and I, I felt, you know, I put in the work to really craft it as well as I could. I was like, okay, I think this is the way to go about it. So I hit send. And afterwards, I remember, I was like, I wonder if this person got it yet. You know, I wonder what they think and whatever. And I, was, and I had to stop myself. I was like, that's the domain of the ego. And it's not up to me how this is received, how this person responds and so forth. You know, yes, of course, there's an ideal outcome that I have, but that's not up to me to control. You know, I, all I can do was, you know, I sat with it. I came up with what I thought was, you know, honest, genuine, and caring and thoughtful. And there it, there it was off into the world. And then paradoxically, once I kind of let go, you know, mentally, <laughs> it came back of that, like, it was an, it, 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 it was a response that was even far greater than what I had imagined could be. So my faith in that sense was rewarded. And so it was very vindicating in that way. And of course then, you know, one of the things I thought about was this idea that, well, of course, you know, it worked out this time. Can you still take those leaps of faith in the future and not have it go your way? Can you have that same enthusiasm in dark times? Because it's really easy to talk about faith and, you know, like taking those leaps and taking the the swings of courageous action, you know, in hindsight, especially when it all worked out. And, you know, and for the most part, like, you know, I really did feel it. And and then that's, 
like I did feel in spite of everyone's advisement that this could blow up in your face or like some people outright saying like this is the dumbest idea you've ever had. I'm like, I know, well, it's a very filled thing to do. And I, 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 I think it's not that I'm trying to prove anyone wrong, but I don't, I, I think it'll go the way that I think it will go. And the fact that it did, you know, um, helps reinforce that. But again, we, we, we can get into these fallacies where all of a sudden now, okay, well, it worked out that one time, right? Let's say. And now, of course, it's always going to work out, right? It, it's that fallacy of results where, you know, past, past, the past results dictate future results. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's not always going to be the case. And can you still do that in spite of that? That's what real faith is. That's what taking those leaps of faith and doing the work really is all about, you know? So, yeah, that's something that I want to kind of explore more. It was interesting, you know, the one person that I was kind of leaning heavily on was, you know, I was asking him for advice, you know, one of my dear friends, Ian, and he like, what I love about him and I knew that this would probably be the case, but I, lo- I love him so much because he just kind of refuses to give advice. And I was like, why? Well, I kind of pushed back against a little bit more in a way that I haven't. I was like, why is that? And he's like, well, I think people who give advice actually cause more harm than good. And I didn't quite, I was like, okay, that's a very interesting theory. You know, I said like, it kind of kind of feels like a lame ass answer. So you don't have to give advice and don't have to put in the work, but Okay, you know, and then, but it just kind of stuck with me and I thought about it more and more and, you know, seeing it in that way, it, it, it's, it's very interesting to me. Like, when I listen to myself, I come up with the best solutions. Now, part of that is also like exploring it with other people, you know, but, but kind of, yeah, even though people were giving me advice that was counter to what I felt it gave me a barometer to be like, okay, you know, not necessarily like, am I on the right path or anything like that? But it, but it, but it gave me some walls, let's say of, okay, what's, what's all this look like? Right. Um, it gave me, it allowed me to kind of have some place in all of this, but yeah, just ultimately like listening to myself of, because I think, you know, when, when I really think about Ian's idea that, um, that sometimes people who give advice do more harm than good, because that idea, you know, um, from one, a book that I love, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, and in it is this notion that people try to dispense their advice on you and they tell you what they want you to do versus allowing you to, like, do what you want to do. Um, that's not the exact quote. And uh, even paraphrased, I'm kind of butchering it, but that's, I ho- hopefully you get the sentiment of it all. But most times we kind of do know the answers and, and you know, I can say that confidently for me because, you know, the more and more I think about it, I was like, I've been doing six years of therapy and it's really etched away a lot of the baggage and, and stuff that I have. And so it can have the ability to listen you know, call it the guiding voices, call it God, call it the universe, call it my own intuition, whatever it may be. I'm just more in tune with that and, and, and kind of start, when I, when I really sit with it, I can start to see it. Now, 
just that aspect of, you know, having the ability of time and space is a luxury that, you know, the modern world tries to not afford us, you know, keeps, tries to keep us in this like rat race of, of stress and anxiety. So I recognize that. But I also recognize, you know, for me, um, as I lean more, lean more into therapy, you know, um, there's definitely times in my life where it feels like, okay, I, I, I don't have time for X, Y, and Z. So, um, whatever. And it's like, you know what? I I find a way, I make it a priority for myself. And in so doing, it helps the other stuff. And whereas, you know, let's say something might have taken me four days to do because I'm in that better headspace and continue to be in that good space. Like now it only takes me two. Or even if it took me three, it's like, it's fine. You know, the time that I seemingly lost I make up four in strides, right? That's that's really the crux of it for me. And so, yeah, you know, that's something I've been thinking about. But, you know, last week was a very joyous week. And that was something that stuck with me of like, hey, keep this feeling, but also know that the result's not always going to be the same. But that doesn't mean you, can't, you, you, you don't continue to take those leaps of faith that you have as long as you put in the work. Um, and that's what makes like interesting, at least it does to me. Um, the other thing that I've been thinking, this is different uh, from, from what I've been talking about, but, but related of course, in some ways is, um, you know, more and more I see, obviously like, there's tragedies happening every day in the world, right? Like there's no shortage of, of, of negative news. And I, th- I think it's definitely important to share, you know, this um, on social media and get it out there. But for me, I really think about what I can do. And, you know, I think um, I want to be more solution oriented with the news that I do share um, moving forward. So again, I I think part of it is, you know, the first step is, okay, knowing what is happening out there and kind of spreading that information. But also, you know, I think for me, at least there, there's always this idea that like, okay, but then what, right? And so, um, what are the levers that I can pull to help create the change? And so knowing those and being able to share those resonate with me as something worthwhile, right? And and as I said, I'm not knocking anyone that just shares like, you know, whatever the news may be, because I think it's important to, for all of us to be aware. I think that's like step number one, but I want to, this year, I really want to take things to, you know, step number two, three, and beyond Um, my word this year. So in 2020, here's kind of what's interesting. And maybe you do this practice too, but at the start of a year, you pick a word that is going to encapsulate your year, right? Like something that is going to kind of resonate of what you want to achieve, let's say. And off of that, you can create a sentence as well to really solidify it. And so I've been doing this, you know, for a number of years. And ironically, I in 2020, I chose the word eat shit, which isn't technically a word, but... It was even before the pandemic, it was very much like, hey, you know what? I was in a position like that 
I knew I wanted to accomplish a lot and in order to do it, a lot of sacrifices would have to be made. So I was like, okay, the word that feels to fit and then I gotta like mentally prepare for it is eat shit. And it was such a weird trip when the pandemic came because in many ways, like not that like no one could have ultimately been prepared, but like mentally I was far better off than most because I was in that state of like, oh wow. But you know, never in my wildest dreams did I expect like, okay, like eating, like this, this is like, this is what you're going to be dealing with. Right. I didn't expect that. In 2021, my word was upgrade, you know? Um, and part of that was like, I knew that I wanted to film a second movie. And so, you know, we made upgrades both in terms of, you know, I literally upgraded all the equipment. Um, I, I had more support in making the movie. Um, yeah, just 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 in every sort of level imaginable, we upgraded, and and I also applied that to just my life in general, right? But I'm using the the film idea because it's more tangible. 2022 was intention, and you know, part of my sentence was, I know what I want to do, and I know so just do it and cut out stuff that isn't part of that, right? Just be intentional with everything that you do. And where this all culminates to and, and circles back to what, I, what I've been talking about here about leaps of faith and all this stuff and solution-oriented and you know taking things to the next level is my 2023 word is enlightenment. And my sentence is, I wanna shatter all limiting beliefs and live in, a, in my natural state of joy, presence, and love. And so the idea of being more solution oriented to me fits in line with that, you know, because um, I'm in that state of, okay, now I'm becoming more aware, right? In, in general of myself, the world and stuff like that. So now that I have this ability, how do I harness it? And it can be in a number of ways, right? I think we have this like grand idea of what we think purposes and, and yada 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 what wisdom is and you know just today here was wisdom and practice um my my neighbor um has a couch and you know my my other neighbor they were like trying to move it you know it's uh, an elderly woman and you know she was helping my neighbor who's um you know a little bit older than me but you know, here they are and they're trying to move this couch and they're like, hey, would you mind helping? I was like, yeah, of course. So here I am. It's not glamorous work, but, you know, obviously I'm abled and so, and I, and I know how to do it. So, you know, enlightenment in that moment meant helping, right? And so it's not a conflated version of, you know, what we think. Like, yeah, we, we try to put ourselves on this pedestal of heroism or whatever. And it's like, no. Sometimes that means carrying a couch outside uh, and then building the new one that came in, right? Which is what I did. And in the grand scheme of things, it didn't take long and whatever. And, you know, did I necessarily have the time to do it? Yes and no. I mean, I, I certainly could have done other stuff and, you know, gotten ahead on, on various things. But I was like, you know what? I, I don't really have a better excuse to not do it. And you know what? It's the right thing to do. Like I can help. So let, let, let's, let's do it. And, and I did. And yeah, you know, just a simple act like that. Like, I think, as I said, we overemphasize what we believe 
you know, enlightenment and helping and wisdom. It just really is all about when it's really just the everyday unsexy things. And I forget who talks about this, but if you can't find the miracle in the everyday, because that's where we really live, right? Like it's, as I talk about like taking leaps of faith, like it's easy to be doing so in a state of joy and stuff like that. No different than, you know, when, when one goes on vacation, it's really easy to like see the wonder of life and be like, oh my God, what a paradise, right? But can you see the paradise in the everyday? That's the real test, you know? And that's, that's what I'm working towards. And for the most part, I recognize that I have this ability. You know, this is not something that I can't do. I, I've already proven that I can do it. Now it's, can I sustain it? Or can I at least sustain it, you know, far longer than not? And so, yeah, that's kind of what I've been um, been working on, you know? And, you know, um, part of that always leads me to some reflection, you know? Um, kind of seeing how I got here and, you know, having evidence of myself moving forward and how it all fits together. Like, I like exploring that um, when the time permits, you know, like during my walks and stuff like that. And what's been interesting to look back on is my vision board um, that I had has really come true. But it took a number of years to get there, you know. Um, it certainly didn't happen all within a year. But, like, you know, one of my visions was to do speaking engagements. Well, I've done speaking engagements. Even just this last year, like, I was part of a Comic-Con panel here in L.A. talking about, you know, filmmaking, which I love dearly to an audience, you know, like a, a very large audience. And, you know, even though it wasn't sold out, quote-unquote, um, Everyone there was very much engaged and taking notes and so forth. And that felt really good, right? So like that aspect of it, I want to be a board member of some sort of organization. Well, I am a board member of the Financially Fit Foundation. And, you know, I want to write novels every day. And guess what? You know, I get to do that. Um, you know, I, I put one out into the world um, that is available to you. Link down below if you're curious. But... Yeah, I'm working on my second one and continue. And, you know, I've, I've been making movies, you know, working now on my third one, third feature film. So just all these different things, like, it's it's amazing. And um, to, to recognize, like, wow, my, my vision board has been coming true. And, um, yeah, I, you know, um, is it because I was, like, conscious of all that? No, but, I mean, yes and no, right? Like, it's not like I thought about the vision board every single day, but... That, that is that aspect of it, of, you know, knowing kind of what you want to accomplish. And then just putting in the work. Like, it, it, it kind of really is that simple formula. And I don't, I don't know the timeline of any of my things, when they will be, and so forth. And I've also had that luxury where I, I didn't need to, you know. I don't have the pressure, like, let's say Hollywood does, of, okay, i got to turn this movie around, you know, for the 4th of July <laughs> next year, you know, because... You know, that's the date that it's supposed to release and promotions behind all. I'm lucky I don't, I don't have to have that necessarily. But, you know, that doesn't mean I don't put in the, the work every single day. And, um, you know, one of the things that I also 
am cautious of and try to talk about with the people in my life is I also have a good amount of grace with myself because not everything does get accomplished. And trust me, there's every week the the list of what I want to accomplish is far longer than what I ultimately do accomplish. But I have that grace with myself of like, okay, well, obviously, you know, the list was ambitious. And as long as, you know, progress was made, that's okay. And at the end of the day, you know, what I share with others is, you know, those around you are never going to know what you intended to make. Just like when you make a movie, you know, people watch the final product and the things that never made it into the movie, well, the audience doesn't know. And as long as what's that, what's left over, what's actually in there resonates with them, then it doesn't matter how like far off of your intentions you were, as long as it works. And of course, you, you know, you want the core of it there and you adjust to, to make it such, but you know, that's the beauty of all of it. Um, so you can use that for you as opposed to working against you, which is awesome. So yeah, that's kind of, you know, what I've been thinking about, you know, um, overall, you know, in terms of actual, you know, accomplishments, you know, uh, not much necessarily big movement. You know, I, I spoke with uh, my partner on this, the NFT project that I'm working on, which is related to my third film, you know, and he's been busy, but we kind of touched base and, you know, moving forward in that way. And one of the things he asked me, like, are you, you know, um, knowing the path ahead, are you still excited? And I was like, yeah, of course. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm in this for the long haul. Like, this is, you know, me, I, I, I get it. Like, this is going to be a journey, a multi-year journey. You know, two years at the earliest, if, if we're like lucky, all guns are blazing, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's all good. And yeah, so this past week was, if anything, it was more of a cleanup week, right? You know, just kind of getting things in order and, and, and progressing from there. So that way, you know, the next stage can be, can be good. And, you know, I'm continuing to polish the outline of my third film, you know, retinkering the outline of my second novel, which deals with AI. And because, you know, I talked about this last time, so I'll just kind of summarize it here. But the idea of, you know, AI is changing based on the world. And so I want that to be reflected in the novel, um, things of that nature. So, you know, not much to report there, more of just the uh, sort of heady theoretical stuff. But, um, but the theoretical stuff tells me, you know, do the work. So hope this has helped. As always, please comment down below with your thoughts, your opinions, you know, um, any questions that you may have so I can be of benefit. And also I want to point out, I have my Patreon page, patreon.com slash philsvitek. And, you know, that's a way for us to communicate more directly and for me to be able to help you. And I don't know how familiar you are with Patreon, but um, basically it's like a subscription service to me, right? And I put up, you know, behind the scenes stuff there. Um, but more importantly, it really is about that sort of more direct interaction because I do like monthly Q and A's and stuff like that. And there's just literally one tier of support, meaning um, everyone pays the same price, it's $10. And so if that sounds of interest to you, um, I would encourage you to check that out. You know, um, it's basically a far cheaper version of you know, getting my coaching lessons, um, even though it's, a, you know, uh, it's in a group setting, yes, but, um, but we get to have that interaction. So um, 
please consider that if you're able to um, and if you think I might be a benefit to you. Anyway, thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. I appreciate you and hope to see you 